We're going to go into our sermon now, so we need to ask God to help us. If you're watching at home, I, I pray this morning that God will touch your heart and open your heart to what I'm about to speak to you because it's really, truly very important for the church. And uh, I want us to pray for God to open our ears and, and give us hearts of understanding and give us a heart of obedience so that we can turn so his blessings can come upon our lives. Amen. Let's, let's uh, say our confession from the scriptures. Isaiah 50 verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away. Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so important. I believe this is going to be a series because I want to talk about it. The things that God has shown me concerning the Holy Spirit from the scriptures. I want what God has blessed me with, what God has opened my eyes to, for people to understand what God is saying concerning the Holy Spirit. He is part of the Godhead. But many Christians don't even know who he is. They sometimes Christians refer to him as it. It. They don't know him. He is the one Jesus said will take his place on the earth. God has always walked with us. But God said, Jesus, when Jesus was here, before he left, he said, I, I will send you another helper. So Jesus was the helper, and he's going to send another helper. And the way they related to the helper, Jesus, we should relate to the Holy Spirit as the helper. But most Christians don't even know who he is. They don't walk with him. They don't, they don't understand who he is. Yet he is as God, as the Father God. He is the same God. God is a spirit, and we're coming to that. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the, heaven, the heavens and the earth. God created in the, hev- in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And my mind starts thinking, was the earth and the heavens created at the same time? What was God? I don't understand all of that. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. It was formless. Even though God has created it, it still was formless and void. Nothing was there. Totally void. And darkness was in the face of the deep. That's not what God wanted. Darkness was there. And it's in, in people's lives today, there's still darkness. There's darkness in people's lives, struggling under the weight of the darkness. There was darkness, even though God has created, everything was still void. And that's what we find in our lives today. It seems like we're living, but there are so many difficulties, so many pressures, so many dark things in our lives, things that we are hiding from the public and all of that. And, and, and the weight is upon us. No light, even though God has created you in his image. There was darkness in the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, you see, that's what it takes to dispel the darkness. And to dispel the void. And the formlessness of the earth. 
is the Spirit. God, the next thing you hear, the Spirit. The Spirit of God in honor of the Holy Spirit. I want to magnify the Spirit of God in the minds of believers so you know that He is God. He is God and He should be honored. Just like you honor God the Father. And He should be related to, just like we relate to Jesus Christ. He is God. He is the one in charge of the church today. The church needs to recognize the Holy Spirit is in charge just like Jesus was in charge before he went to the cross. He is the helper Jesus said he was going to send. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said. So that's the Father and now said the word, the word which is the Son of God, to bring light to the world. God said, let there be light. That was the word. Let there be light. And there was light. There was light. And what we need to understand as believers is God gives the word. The word is Jesus, the great one that the master workman, that's Jesus. But what brings it into our natural life, where we live in the world, is the Holy Spirit. God gives the word. Jesus is the master craftsman, but the Holy Spirit is working in the spirit realm. But the Holy Spirit is the one that brings it into our natural life. That's the way it happened in the beginning. We need to recognize that. God, according to John chapter 4, he says, God is spirit. God is not just human. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is spirit. God is the Holy Spirit. There is only one God. God is spirit. And in, in, in verse 23, it says, God is seeking those to worship him in spirit and in truth. God seeking you to worship him, not just in truth, but in spirit as well. In truth and in spirit. Many times in churches, they worship God according to the truth they have. But what about the spirit? Do they even care that God is demanding if you are going to truly worship me, you are not just going to worship me in truth, what you know in your head, but in also in spirit. Do Christians even care that they should learn to worship God in spirit and in truth, in spirit and in truth, in spirit and in truth? That's what we need to discover. What does it mean? Do you have a desire to know? What does it mean to worship the Father in spirit and in truth? Many Christians don't even think about that. They just do whatever they're told and don't even meditate on this fact that God demands. He says God is seeking. In other words, God's looking around. I want somebody who will worship me, not just in, in truth, but in spirit also. In spirit and in truth. 
God is seeking. Why? Because God is spirit. And if you are going to worship him for his, in an acceptable way, you have to worship him in spirit. But you can't discard truth. Some people worship in spirit and they go crazy. And some watch. They do all kinds of crazy stuff that is not truth. And people say, that's weird. We don't want to be something like that. If that's spirit, we have nothing to do with that. We don't want it. And there are some people worshiping truth and they have nothing to do with the spirit. They refer to the spirit of God as if it's just a, few, a, a person. I mean, a need. That's not what it is. He is actually God. And we need to relate to him in that way. We must worship God in spirit and in truth. We must honor the Holy Spirit. Look at what Jesus said. It says, For the Father judges no one. John chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. For the Father judges no one. But, <laughs> that's an exciting thing. The Father doesn't judge you. Can you believe that? God's not judging anybody. But has committed all judgment to the Son. Jesus is going to be the judge. That all should honor the Son. All, every human being should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. The same kind of honor you give to the Father, the same honor you give to the Son. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who he sent. But this is honor for, for Jesus. But Jesus also said in another scripture, if you sin against God the Father, it's forgiven. If you sin against the Son, say something bad about the Son, it's forgiven. But if you sin against the Holy Spirit, your sins will never be forgiven. What does that say? You need to honor the Holy Spirit just as you honor the Son. Because if you don't, it's over. He has full control. Once you offend Him and you wrong Him and you sin against Him, your faith is sealed. And people don't recognize, I need to know who this Holy Spirit really is so I can walk with Him. There's a lot I want to say about this. This is just my beginning. We will talk about the Holy Spirit, His person in our lives, how to receive Him, because you have to receive Him just like you receive Jesus. You receive Jesus to be saved. Amen. But you need the Holy Spirit, you need to receive the Holy Spirit to do the work of Jesus. Jesus received the Holy Spirit as well. We're going to be talking about that in the future. But today, we're just focusing on the Holy Spirit and, and, and His work among us. Jesus himself said in John 14, verse 16 and 17, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. This is the spirit of truth. Whom the, the world cannot receive. If you are not a Christian, you cannot receive him. But if you are a Christian, you can receive him. Only Christians can receive the Holy Spirit. You have to receive him. Just like you receive Jesus. You have to receive him. This is scripture. The world cannot receive him. 
according to the words of Jesus. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor know him. That's interesting. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you see him? But you know him, Jesus said to his disciples. You know him. The Holy Spirit. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. There's going to come a time after Jesus has gone to the cross where you can receive the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus was saying to them. He will be in you. At that time, he was just with them. And they recognized his presence. They've seen his work. But they haven't really received him. And they couldn't until after the death of Jesus. So important. That's what the scripture tells us. And notice something. Whenever the disciples were baffled and have questions, guess who they go to? They go to Jesus and they ask the questions. Now, Jesus says, I will give you another helper. How many Christians know to say to the Holy Spirit, can you explain this thing to me? We should relate to him just like the disciples related to Jesus. He's taking the place of Jesus. He's no longer here. Jesus is no longer here. Your place is to discover who the Holy Spirit is and have an intimate relationship with him just like the disciples had with Jesus where they were comfortable to ask whatever questions. And sometimes they we don't understand what you're saying. Tell us again. They were able to talk to him. They had that relationship. And Jesus said, I am gone, but the Holy Spirit is going to take my place. And you need to relate to him just like you relate to me. You can't talk to me anymore. You can talk to him and he will respond to you. Most Christians don't even think about that. It's out of their mind. They don't even understand that there is a Holy Spirit that God in his mercy is given to us that we can relate to, that can answer our questions and bring relief to our lives and free us from difficulties, give us understanding. Then we don't recognize that. He's not taught. He is God on the earth today. He is with us today. He is God, just like God the Father and God the Son. And he is the one that God has recommended. In the time of Jesus, they had to deal with, with Jesus. They couldn't go to the Holy Spirit. He wasn't dealing with them. Now, he's the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And we need to learn to relate to him. And the church, in some many, many places, they first shut out the Holy Spirit. They, don't, they talk about him. They just talk about him. And then they move on to their own agenda. But that's not the way God expected. He's seeking those to worship him in spirit and in truth. And we need to come to that place. They related to him. Do you in your Christian life even wonder if you can talk to the Holy Spirit? Would he, when he speaks to you, would you hear him? Do you know how that is? That's possible. That's what God has ordained for you as a Christian. You are not supposed to be ordinary. You are supposed to be a spirit-filled person that can relate to God in spirit. That's the way he ordained it. Jesus' death cannot be in vain. He did this so that we can have relationship with God, who is the Spirit, and is the Holy Spirit is right here with us. We need to relate to him and honor him just as the disciples honored Jesus. They called him Master. We should call him Master. We don't get it. We need to relate to him. 
The disciples knew how to relate to him. They listened to him because they understood what Jesus said. I'm gone. Now is the Holy Spirit in charge. And you can read through the Acts of the Apostles. And you will find over and over again, they depended on the Holy Spirit. They spoke to the Holy Spirit. He gave them directions. He ordered them around. He sent them out. Just like Jesus sent the disciples out, he sent them out. And I'm going to share some scriptures with you. From the scriptures here. The disciples knew how to relate to him. In Acts chapter 10, verse 19 and 20, while Peter thought about this vision, God had given Peter a vision. While Peter was thinking about this vision, guess who spoke? Not Jesus. The Spirit said to him. And Peter heard him. And God is not a respecter of persons. God, if the Holy Spirit can speak to Peter, the Holy Spirit can speak to you. And don't, don't diminish your status with God. Because if you are saved, you are saved just like Peter. If you are filled with the Spirit, you are filled with the Spirit just like Peter. And the Holy Spirit can speak to you just like he did Peter. God is not a respecter of persons. You made him a respecter of persons because you lifted somebody up because you thought they were spiritual. No, they were sinners saved by grace. Now they are saints. Once you are saved by grace, you become a saint. And when you become a saint, God can speak to saints. And you are a saint according to the scriptures. You are a saint. And so the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter and gave him commandment. He said, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Amen. Peter already knew there are three guys coming to me. Three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them. Instructions. Just like Peter, uh, Jesus did. Doubting nothing. Don't you doubt. And Peter knew who was talking to him. He wasn't talking to Jesus. He was still listening to the Holy Spirit. He is in charge. Read the Acts of the Apostle. He is in charge today. Learn to relate to him. Because we need to honor him. The reason why the church is not relating to the Holy Spirit and can't really get to God, everything is in doubt, is because they don't know the place of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And today I want you to understand, He is in charge. I pray to the Father and through the name of the Son that the answer is delivered to me by the Holy Spirit. He is in charge. Every blessing is in heavenly places. Read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. God has blessed you with everything that pertains to life and godliness. But all these things are promises in heavenly places. What brings it down here is when you can handle with, walk with the Holy Spirit and pray in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit manifests these things on the earth. That's what he does. That's his job. To do these things for us on the earth. So they listened to him. Peter listened to what the Holy Spirit said. He went to Gentiles. Contrary to what he believed. Because he knew the Holy Spirit had spoken. And that became a blessing to the rest of the world. Amen. Amen. We should take the Holy Spirit seriously. We should pray in the Holy Spirit. We should talk to him and ask him questions just like the disciples did in, when Jesus was here with them. He has taken the place of Jesus. You need to recognize that Jesus is at the Father's right hand in heaven. 
The Holy Spirit is right here on the earth. God sent him to us. And he will be here. And once he's taken out of the earth, then there's going to be disaster in the whole world. He's the one that's preventing every evil disaster. Total disaster on the earth today. We need to recognize that. And give him his place. Another scripture. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2 through 4. It says, this was uh, Barnabas and Paul. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Why could they not just say, God said? That would be easy. Or Jesus said. No. They knew who was speaking. And they gave him honor. Which is, he doesn't have today in the church. I pray he does all over. I don't really know. But I want to speak the fact that we need to give him honor. They gave him honor. They could have written, the God said. They didn't say that. They said the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit was the one that was speaking. He was in charge. And they knew it. And they knew to obey him. They were so close to the Holy Spirit, they could hear him. And they obeyed him just like they obeyed Jesus. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. It's not Jesus calling now. It's like, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. The Holy Spirit is in charge. He's saying, I called these two guys and you need to separate them for the work I've called them to. Then having fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out, listen to this, verse 4, being sent out by who? The Holy Spirit. Not Jesus. Not the Father. They were sent out by the Holy Spirit. We need to recognize His place in our lives. If you are a Christian, this is New Testament. This is Acts of the Apostles. The Holy Spirit was the one that sent them. Just like Jesus sent the twelve. Now he is the one sending them and they obeyed him. We don't know that as Christians. We need to recognize that. It's very important. That's why this message, the things that God has shown to me, I want to show to you. I want to teach by the grace of God. So you understand the place of the Holy Spirit. So you can relate to him. So he begins to walk through you. Because you are in tune with him. And you are able to position yourself so that he can shine through you. The moon has no light of its own. It gets light from the sun. But the moon has to position itself. If it's positioned itself in a good way, you can have full moon. If it's not, you, you have half. That's what it is. Just the way you position yourself. I pray that you will be able to, through the Holy Spirit, position yourself in a way where you shine brightly to the rest of the world. Because you've come to know the Holy Spirit intimately. That's the one that we know about. We're going to be talking about how to pray through the Holy Spirit. Because that's the only prayer that is sanctified before God. We need to understand that. They obeyed him. So they left. Being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Cilicia. And from there, they sailed to Cyprus. They continue to obey what the Holy Spirit has said. You can read through the Acts of the Apostles and you'll see so many times the Holy Spirit comes in and interjects with whatever was happening with the believers. He knew them personally. He was with them. 
Jerusalem was different. But Antioch is a different city. He was both, that's the unlimitedness of the, of the Holy Spirit. He was both in Jerusalem and in Antioch at the same time. Because he is God. Spirit. Not restricted like Jesus was in one place at a time. No, this time is all over the world. All over the world. He can be speaking to a thousand people at the same time. And all he knows them intimately, knows their situation, and can send them out. That's how beautiful this is, the Holy Spirit. That's why God did this last thing. Son, finally, the Holy Spirit. When he's gone, everything is over. That's how important this is. Do you know, the Bible talks about worshipping God in spirit and in truth. You can't worship God in spirit without the Holy Spirit. You don't have it. And without the Holy Spirit, you can't worship in truth. Because he's the one that reveals truth. That's the only way it goes. The Bible says in John 17, verse 17, sanctify them. In other words, set them apart from the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. So if you are going to be set apart, delivered from the world, and set apart for God, sanctified, the only way that's going to happen is when God does it, and he does it through his truth. The only way you can be set apart is through the truth. And your natural mind will not understand the truth. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 tells us that. The natural mind does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. So it's got to be from spirit. Truth, revelation from God. Sanctify them through the truth. Your word is the truth. But listen to what Jesus said. He says in John chapter 16 verse 13, However, when he, the spirit of truth, so if you are going to experience truth, the word of God, he's got to come through the spirit of truth. You don't have it. He comes through listening and the spirit revealing it to you. Jesus said, I have many things that I want to say to you, but you cannot handle them now. They can't receive them. And he says, to you he has been given, not to the world, to understand the mysteries. Only believers can understand the mysteries. And the only way you can understand the mystery is the Holy Spirit unveiling the mysteries to you. This is what he says. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. I will say the word again. He will guide you into how many truths? All truth. You want to know all truth? Only through the Holy Spirit. He's the only one that can... If he's not guiding you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to end up wrong. You can't find the truth without him. He's the only one that guides. God has given that assignment to him. If I'm going to understand the word of God and really speak the word of God that will make difference in people's lives, he's got to come through the Holy Spirit. He is the one. Jesus said, he is the one that will guide you into all truth. This is, Jesus was speaking to the disciples that he already has said to you, he has been given to know the, the truth of the kingdom of God. 
And yet Jesus is saying, I have many things to say to you now. You can't understand them. You can't get it. But when the spirit of truth comes, that's when you will understand it. And they did. They did. If you read Acts of the Apostles, you will see how these so disorganized individuals with all kinds of questions fighting about who is greatest among us, who is going to sit at the right hand of Jesus and the left. They were more into selfish stuff about themselves. But when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, what you find is a different group of people. They had a purpose. Who taught them that? Who taught them they were supposed to go out of the world and win souls? and spread Christianity all over the world. Jesus didn't tell them much about those. They organized it because the Holy Spirit was working with them. If there's going to be any progress in the church of God today, if there's going to be revival, the church has to come back to the Holy Spirit. This seeker-friendly stuff will not work. We've got to get away from that. We've got to get back to the Holy Spirit and honor Him and let Him sweep the world with revival. And He's able to do that. Amen. He is able to do that. He will bring you. He says, uh, he says, whatever he hears, he will speak to you. So there's revelation. God will not speak to you. <laughs> He's going to speak to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit delivers it to you. If you don't honor him, Jesus never, I noticed in scripture, Jesus never hung, hung around those who dishonored him. Amen. He was never with them. He didn't have a meal with Caiaphas. He didn't have a meal with the big shots in the town. He had nothing to do with them. Only those that honored him. He stayed among them and taught them and ministered to them and healed them and loved them. And they could feel his love because they loved him in return. They wanted to be with him. He never went sick in anybody. Particularly, he was out there preaching the gospel. That's his way of seeking. But the Holy Spirit was pulling them to him. Those that have good hearts. And they wanted to know him. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. God is doing that today. He's telling us things to come. Amen. God's doing that today. I need to tell you something because today, even in our own organization, there is a little bit of concern in some churches. Is what about speaking in tongues? Is it gone? You got to tell me the date where that stopped, because in every generation, people are speaking in tongues, and this started by the Holy Spirit. I said in my message, honor for the Holy Spirit. In defense of tongues. I'm not going to apologize for that. It's supernatural. If you don't want to deal with supernatural, you can't deal with God. He is supernatural. He is supernatural. But let me say something. People want to believe, you know, the Bible talks about serving God, worshiping God, and God desiring for people to worship Him in spirit and in truth. That's what He wants. You can't just worship God in spirit in truth. It will not work for you. You will not get very far. You may accomplish certain things, but you will not have achieved everything God will, the potential in your life, everything God wanted you to achieve or not. You may be great, but you could be greater if you will accept this. 
That's what people don't, they're easily satisfied. But God has something bigger for you. It's not what your mind thinks, it's what God thinks. Let me share this scripture with you. It says in Isaiah chapter 28, beginning from verse 9. It says, whom will he teach knowledge? Who is God going to teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? Understand the message. Whom will he make to understand the message? He said, those just wind from milk, baby Christians, they can understand the message. Those just drawn from the breast, then he tells you, two, four, because, 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 four, because, Precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Just truth, right? Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line, which we believe is the truth. We got to study. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Then there is another four. Which has to do with the Holy Spirit, which people neglect. Notice it said four, precept upon precept, right? And then there is another four. Four with stammering lips, speaking in tongues. Hello? Speaking in tongues. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to these people. Teach them the message. Hello? Teach them the message. Teach them the message. He, God will speak to these people, teaching them the message. Because the question initially, whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? He is speaking, not just precept upon precept, but also tongues. Also tongues. He will speak to these people, to whom he said, this is the rest. You want to rest? Pray in tongues. In defense of tongues. You want to have peace? Pray in tongues. You want to enter into his rest? Pray in tongues. Jesus said, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. That's the rest he's talking about. Not just truth, precept upon precept or line upon line. But rest. 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 The truth, that's important. Four. And then the second four. They go together in spirit and in truth. Amen. To whom he said, this is the rest which you may cause the weary to rest. It's the place of rest. Truth and speaking in other tongues. You can criticize me, that's okay, but I'm speaking from the word of God. When you criticize and you object, Go back to the word and study. If your heart is right before God and you really want to know the truth, that's where you go. Because I'm not speaking for myself. The scripture says it here. And I'm going to continue with this. Listen to this. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to these people. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Hello. This is the refreshing. You want a refreshing coming from God. This is the refreshing. But then he says, because he knows man, yet they will not hear. And all they want to do, he says, but the word of the Lord was to them. 
That's all they want. Precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little. There a little. What's the result? That they might go and fall backward. Okay? That they might go and fall backward. If that's all you want to do is truth, but you're not going to understand the, the presence of the Spirit and His work, what is happening, what's going to happen, most likely, God cannot lie, you'll fall backward. You'll fall backward. That they may go and fall backward and be broken. There are a lot of Christians today that are broken. Depressed, worried, complaining, concerned, and all of that. They've neglected the Holy Spirit. They want to do it in their own strength. I can't do it on my own. I need the Holy Spirit. Jesus couldn't. He had to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. After John's baptism, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And that's when he was, he was launched out to do his work. You can't do it on your own. You need the Holy Spirit. If you do it on your own, you're going to be weary. You get tired. You complain. People won't see it. But heaven notices. Heaven notices. Because you are doing it in your own strength. And not in the strength of God. This is the truth. This is just the truth. That they may go and fall backwards. And be broken. And snared. And cut. That's bad. You can't do just precept upon precept. That's what most Christians do. I know the Bible, yes. But what about the Spirit? Sometimes they know the Bible and they interpret it very wrongly. And it hurts their lives. And they are in bondage and all kinds of bondage. Because they are not allowing the Holy Spirit to work. My message today is for the honor. The honor of the Holy Spirit. We need Him. Every Christian needs Him. And I'm going to talk about how to receive Him. And how to pray through Him. And how He prays for us, through us. And does accomplish things that we cannot imagine. Because we are depending on Him. Just like the disciples depended on Jesus when He was here personally. We must depend on Him. That's how important this is. Jesus talked about how important we need to receive the Holy Spirit. Just as we receive Christ. There are two receiving. Many people stop at one. The receiving of the word, which is the truth. But then there is the receiving of the spirit as well. You will receive the spirit, but you must receive the word of God and act according to the word. The same way you receive Jesus, the same way you have to receive the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. The, Jesus made it very clear. After he rose from the dead, that was the foremost thing in his mind. To remind the, the disciples that the Holy Spirit was coming. And that they should welcome him and receive him. That was how he spent 40 days trying to educate them. To wait for the day of Pentecost. That the Holy Spirit is coming. Most Christians don't even wait for that anymore. They don't even seek the Holy Spirit. They don't seek to be filled. They don't seek to receive him anymore. Because the church says it's okay. Once you receive Jesus, it's okay. You're going to heaven. But there's work to be done. If it's just receiving Christ and you're going to heaven, why just go the next day? Why do you have to stay here? Just go up there and have, have fun in heaven. But you are here for work. And your work demands the presence of the Holy Spirit. Just like the disciples. And we must never neglect that. That's very important. Jesus was very, very concerned about that. 
And John actually spoke about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, preparing people to receive. John said in John Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water. That's man's baptism. Most Christians, all they've had, pastor baptized me. But that's not what the Bible says. There are two baptisms. There is one by man and there is one by God. John baptized Jesus and God baptized him with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came up and fell upon Jesus and drove him into the wilderness. Beginning of ministry. You can't change what God has ordained with your own intellect. What you think is right. You can't change what scripture says. You got to stay with it. Amen. John said, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I is coming. Whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's what he said. So, my question is, have you been baptized by Jesus? Yes, pastor baptized me. That's okay. I know, I recognize that. But what about Jesus' baptism? John the Baptist, the one that was before Christ, he made, made it clear and prophesied that's what's going to happen. You receive man's baptism, and then you receive Jesus' baptism. And when you receive Jesus' baptism, that's receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Receiving Jesus as Lord. And Jesus was very clear about this. And he said, he repeated what John had said. He says in Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to close with this because of time. In Acts chapter 1, and I'll continue next week because I have a lot to say about this matter. Amen. And many of you will be blessed because I believe I have prayed that God's opening your heart. And you're not going to fight this because you know it's the truth, it's the scripture. You will receive it and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Your life's going to be better with it. Because God is at work. He loves you and he wants to share with you. After Jesus rose from the dead, that's all he wanted the disciples to know. He says, I'm being assembled together with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. I'm going to ask you today, have you received the promise of the Father? How do you know whether you've received the promise of the Father? You go to church every Sunday and you worship God, but you have no understanding that God has a promise for you. We, Jesus specifically told his disciples, I don't want you going anywhere. Their intent was to go back to, to, to Galilee, where they came from. Things that they were familiar. Jesus said, no, no, no. This is going to be done in the capital, in Jerusalem. God's about to do something new. Stay here. Wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said to them, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. God made a huge promise because Jesus paid for that promise. He paid with his own life. And he was telling them before he left for heaven, Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water. That's water baptism. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
That's still true today. Have you received that baptism? Different from water baptism, your pastor baptized you, that's good. But you need the Holy Spirit baptism. That's endorsement from heaven. That's what we need. Every Christian needs that. Every, I don't care what the preacher says. This is scripture. This is scripture. And we stay with what scripture says. You will be baptized. And now, I guess ministers always close with... <laughs> this is the finally. But then they come out another finally. Preachers are addicted to this finally stuff. It's never finished. But this is truly the last one, okay? <laughs> the last scripture here I want to share with you. Jesus said to them in Acts chapter 1 verse 7, He said to them, It is not for you to know. One thing I know when Jesus said, It's not for you to know, <laughs> it's really not for you to know. If you go there, you're going to get in trouble. He says, It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own power. That's not our business. We are in a season now, coronavirus season, but we're coming out of it. It's times of season. God says, don't worry about it. Don't concern yourself about that. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That means without the Holy Spirit, if Jesus is true, you have no power. You're Christian, but powerless Christian. You can't accomplish much. He spoke that to us. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We are at that season now. We are reaching the ends of the world. But guess what we need? We need that power. We need the Holy Spirit. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. That's the end of my message today. But I want to speak to you at home right now. I pray that God will give you the desire to want to know this. Regardless of what you have been taught from before. Remember, this is the truth. I spoke from the word of God. Check every scripture. Check it to yourself. I didn't speak on my own accord. I'm speaking from what God has already spoken from his word. For those of you that don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you're watching today, I want to let you know that Jesus has already paid the price for you. All you have to do is receive him. Just like you receive the Holy Spirit. And ask for, he, for his mercy. For God to forgive you. For everything you've done. And as soon as you do that. Your sins are totally wiped away. God says he will never remember them anymore. As far as the east is from the west. So your sins will be forgiven. And that makes you a righteous person. Because you got no sin anymore. When you had sin in your life. You were a sinner. But when God forgives you and watches them all, you don't have any sin. So you are no longer a sinner. You are now a saint, a servant of God, a righteous man, if you, a righteous woman also. Today, if you want to receive the Lord Jesus, you can do that by praying with me. All you need to do is say these words with me and pray and believe from the heart. And God will save you. And your name will be written in the book of life. And after this, as this message continues... We will show you how you can receive the Holy Spirit just as you are receiving Christ today. What you're doing now is just to receive Jesus. 
I receive in Jesus is I confess my sins and I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you do that today, your name will be written in the book of life. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, into the world to die for my sins. Lord, I confess my sins. I ask for forgiveness. I believe you have forgiven me. And I'm thankful that you have forgiven me. I receive Jesus right now as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together and clap for those that prayed that prayer today. You are now a servant of the living God. Thank you for listening this day. We are closing now. I'm going to say the closing prayer and then we'll close. Father, I thank you. Bless those who are watching from home and those who are here. God, I pray that the truth of what you've spoken today will get to their heart, God. It's not about the church. It's not about the preaching. It's about a relationship with you. Let your peace be with them today, God. Let them see your pre- feel your presence in their lives and in their homes. I speak peace to their homes in Jesus' name. I speak healings upon their lives, oh God, upon their children. I speak protection, wisdom, and establishment from God upon their lives, God, and their families. I bless them in your name today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you.